Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. Citibank veteran Maggie Eng is leveraging technology developed by Shanghai-based P2P platform Dian Rong to access four large U.S.-based consumer lending networks. My name is David Zweifler, guest host for Digfin Vox, and today I'm speaking with Jane DiBiazio, editor at Digital Finance Media, about what the deal means for lenders in China, borrowers in the U.S., and the implications of the deal for bank disintermediation on both sides of the Pacific. Thanks for joining us today, Jane. So who is Ms. Eng working with to put this deal together, and what is she planning to do exactly? She and a, a part as unnamed yet as yet unnamed partner um, are, she just left there in April. She's launching a company in Hong Kong that is taking the technology from a mainland Chinese P2P platform called Dian Rong. Um, they're going to take that technology to help her basically link her platform to peer-to-peer online market lenders in America. So in the U.S., you've got a large, um, the P2Ps, one of the things they, they deal in is consumer loans, so unsecured loans, credit loans, credit, um, and, and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they offer, because it's unsecured consumer lending stuff, it's higher return than what you can get for a lot of other places. Uh, so it's, it, on the one hand, you could say, well, it's, it's, it's riskier, but you know, in the U.S., you have FICO scores, mm-hmm. which everybody kind of, and there's regulation and, and there's track records. So there's a little more confidence in consumer, you know, it's a big, you know, consumer lending has been a big thing in America for a long time. So um, she's trying to find a cheap way to bring those products to Asian investors who are hungry for yields or for diversification. And also those platforms in the U.S. want to work with her because it broadens their investor base away from just the usual big institutions who are usually the ones um, lending to consumers on those on those products. So she's basically building a bridge between P2P consumer lending in America for investors in Asia using technology by a big P2P player in China. That sounds really exciting. Um, so, I mean, it's cross-border P2P. Is that uh, uh, new yeah. uh, in terms of being able to offer, you know, a, a P2P platform that moves across oceans and continents there? I, th- I think so, but I don't know enough to say categorically if this has been done before. Um, what is interesting, though, is that Dian Rong, his, the founder of Dian Rong is a guy named Sol Hatay, and he actually was one of the founders of Lending Club in the U.S. So he's got some of these connections already. He's also serving as uh, an advisor to this this, this new company. Um, and uh, so there is, I, so I, I can't give you a categorical answer saying, oh, this has you know, never been done before. But it's it's clearly something that is new and it's going to really rock the, the boats for private wealth management companies who you know, use traditional means of stuffing the stuff into a portfolio for their wealthy clients. Now, is it mostly supply coming from the Asia side and demand for loans coming from the U.S.? Or is it the other direction yeah. or is it? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's consumers in the U.S. who are borrowing for their consumer purchases. 
uh, or even perhaps like, you know, student loans or something like that. And it's investors in Asia, wealthy people who are, you know, putting the money onto the platform to lend to U.S. consumers and get a return back. So it's one way. It's, it's unidirectional. Presumably the people who need the loans uh, are uh, the only people who are going to participate in this network are, are people with good credit scores. Can I infer that from what you said or, or did I misunderstand? I think um, it well in the U.S. you've got uh, you have a, a national private sector scoring system under FICO, which is recognized and it's regulated. So there are. The, the quality of the borrower varies, but at least there is a credit rating to go with that particular borrower on these P2P marketplaces like Lending Club or Prosper. Therefore, you know, you can and they're they had to pay more or less depending on how good a credit they are. They are so Asian investors, you know, uh, this this new startup company can tranche can use technology to create suitability matches and or give you options to buy either relatively mundane stuff or um or you know crazy crazy right you can't say that on the radio buddy okay i can't no it's your podcast i mean you can it's your party you can cry if you want to but uh there's there's eight-year-olds sir who listen to this part no okay you can say all day long um so Let's talk about what people get out of these transactions. You on the demand side, uh, I mean, presumably unsecured loans, uh, higher rates. Are they competitive with what these folks would be getting from a bank or are these underbanked or people who who can't borrow from a bank? Why do they go to this network to participate and borrow? Um, Well, this is a question for the U.S. and I'm not the expert on the U.S. market, but I assume that they are getting these things because the more attractive rates uh, or banks have stopped lending. I mean, after the global financial crisis, um, banks really pulled back from lending to all kinds of, of borrowers. I mean, even uh, you know, people trying just to get a mortgage with with a solid background found it very slow uh, for a while to be able to get the bank to give them because they were so you know because the banks were so stunned by the subprime stuff. So I think there was, I think, I think access to credit has been, has been constrained in, in some ways. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the U S is a big consumer society. Consumption is still the main driver of, of the economy. And so people need, uh, access and they can't use their homes anymore as ATMs. So they have to find some other way. Now, speaking as an American, I can vouch for the fact that we are the finest debtors in the world. If I may say so, we love to borrow money and we do it better than anybody. Uh, So uh, that makes sense to me. If you're uh, uh, in uh, China, though, and you are lending to us, I mean, of course, we we always pay our debts, but like the Lannisters. But are we um, I mean, what happens if we don't? I mean, what's your recourse if you've loaned through this network? Does the, the network itself provide a certain level of security or uh, what what is your recourse? They're trying to reduce the risk of defaults through better data and machine learning. But that will take that will take, um, you know, that that requires experience and time. So. Uh, as a result, they have to offer higher returns for the time being. I think partly because you know the, there is a higher there is a higher default risk, and so um, you know that's that's a risk that investors take. 
What's the timeline for this rolling out and being available to U.S. consumers? Um, well, U.S. consumers can already tap the uh, the peer-to-peer lending platforms that exist. In, ah. You know, there's there's right. Okay, that, those are already there. They, they exist already. So the timeline for Asian investors to be able to use this particular um, vehicle, this particular channel, uh, this platform to access U.S. consumer loans and sort of tap into the U.S. market um, uh, is summer, uh, July, uh, for certain markets. You know, so we'll roll it out in different markets in different ways. Right, right. So it, it's an infusion of additional uh, capital into the existing peer-to-peer networks that the U.S. consumers have access to right now. Correct. That's correct. These are unsecured loans. So what do regulators have to say or do they have anything to say on this matter? Um, Okay, so in many Asian jurisdictions, particularly Hong Kong, the this would be illegal if you were selling this to mass retail customers. Uh, It would violate securities laws. So the product as it stands is going to be available in Asia only to uh, what are called professional investors. So this would be institutions like mutual funds or insurance companies, private banks, family offices, and people who were just rich enough that it, the regulator doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, this will not be available to uh, to mass retail people going to their financial institution or going online. Got it. And as far as U.S. regulators are concerned, I mean, it's basically these existing peer-to-peer networks are, are just getting additional capital coming from um, overseas. That's right. Interesting. It's not, yeah, it's not changing the business model for these P2Ps in America. Obviously, uh, always, I mean, it's going to make, uh, it's going to increase the amount that these p- existing peer-to-peer uh, networks have to lend, and, and that presumably gives more uh, financing options to you as consumers. It provides uh, another uh, investment vehicle, hopefully a, a uh, you know a more lucrative rate of return uh, by asset class for uh, institutional and larger investors uh, in China. What we would call qualified investors here. Yeah. What do you see as yeah. the What's the what's the global implication? What what's the the thing that we should be really paying attention to here? Or is this the beginning of a trend? What what are what's the impact? Would you say? I think what's interesting is that it's a, a yet another example of how fintech is able to jump uh, jump silos, uh, jump barriers, create an environment which something that banks have traditionally done. Uh, is now being disrupted by somebody who can do it faster, cheaper, possibly safer, um, and you know it's 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 a, it's yet another uh, yet another attack on the traditional models and cross border in particular has always been an area that banks have been able to charge a lot of extra for because it's always been something that has been deemed complex or requires extra handling. Um, and uh, using a, a you know a P2P platform just erases all of the excuses for that. This is transparent. It's fast. It's it's low cost. So if you trust the system and you trust the algorithms that are delivering products to you, uh, and you trust the the regulation in the U.S. from an Asian perspective, 
to to you know to have faith in what it, what it is that you're investing in, then you know you don't you don't need a private bank to deliver some of these things to you anymore. Well, this was a fascinating topic. Thank you for joining us today. Nothing, not a. I'm here. I, I said yes. thank you, and I was like yeah. waiting. Okay, sorry. I was waiting. No, for, I was waiting. no man, no, it's too to... late now. This is fine, fine. If you'd like to learn more about how Citibank veteran Maggie Eng is leveraging technology developed by Shanghai-based P2P platform Dian Rong to access four large U.S.-based consumer lending networks, go to www.digitalfinancemedia.com to learn more. All the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. I'm guest host David Swifler. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. This is Digfin Fox. I'm going to say as much as I want. <laughs>